What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite lore cast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast lore behind the Mass Effect games. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with Sam, or N7 Legend. We are so glad that you are tuning in. And in today's episode, we're revisiting episode one because it has been a few years and we have a very different perspective on all the things we were talking about in the first episode. So you might have noticed this episode is going up in the in the feed whenever you're listening to this where it actually is recorded in the timeline of the episodes. But we will also be taking this episode and putting it back as episode zero. So if you are a brand new listener, you will have a sense of what you're in for and get a updated perspective on the things we talked about originally in episode one. You can go on and listen to episode one again if you want, or just skip to episode two, go through the rest of the lore and order. However you want to listen to the podcast, that's up to you. But I'm Tom. This is Sam. Sam, welcome to the show, man. I'm excited because it has been a while and I'm sure we said some ridiculous stuff or maybe some things that were kind of accurate back then yeah the, well i mean some aged well some aged like milk curdling in your mouth <laughs> yes. uh but this is the mass effect lore cast legendary edition as some people are saying <laughs> here in the twitch chat nice yeah okay mass effect lore cast legendary edition episode zero here we go um so we had uh, a conversation now this is a few years ago now when we started the show about the teaser trailer that came out Three years ago, teasing, oh, the next Mass Effect is coming. Is Commander Shepard alive? What's going on? And so we're going to kick this off with a look again at that teaser trailer. And then we're going to take a look at some of our clips and some of the things we said. So here, check this out.
All right, it ends and says Mass Effect will continue. And Mass Effect, Mass will, Effect continue. will continue. And man, watching this again years later, I've got a, I definitely have a different perspective on this. I'm sure you probably have a very different perspective on this than we did three years ago. Also, real quick, that's one of the reasons why we're going over this again. But also, that first episode doesn't have the best audio quality. Uh, Sam got really nice upgrades <laughs> to his gear. Yes, yes so I did. He sounds way, way better. And real briefly, we should introduce our ourselves again just so people know who we are sam who are you who am i and why well, are you uh, why are you talking about mass effect why should anybody in, listen to this in the original episode one of the lore cast i went by kung fu kangaroo because for whatever reason around the winter uh fall uh, of 2020 2020 2021 into that winter i was going by kung fu kangaroo but before then my gamer tag was in seven legend i switched it back of course for this show don't know why i switched in the first place but i'm in seven legend and um allow me to reintroduce myself my name is i don't know if that oh. sound i played i hope it did <laughs> it did it did it did <laughs> okay uh, it was ahead. short enough i don't think we're gonna get like dmc8 or anything but yeah, yeah yeah it was fair use it was two or three seconds uh anyway <laughs> thank you hova for allowing me to reintroduce myself i am not kung fu kangaroo anymore i am in seven legend and i uh was introduced to this game in 2007 so same year it came out my <laughs> my brother bought me a copy not even thinking about it. I think it was in like the bargain bin or something at GameStop. I don't uh -huh. know. Right. Uh, and he came home and tossed it on the, the the table and said, knock yourself out. And I did. I knocked myself out with the game. So <laughs> I stayed up all night playing it became an instant classic for me. And that's my background with the game. I've played through many times since then. But because of this show, I have delved into the external media, like the books and the and the yeah. Uh, yeah and the comics and whatnot, and done lots of episodes, lots of research, done all sorts of deep dives into the. You are the guy who has who does the show notes. You're the guy who does the research. You are the topic expert. I'm the host and color commentator. You are the topic expert, and and on top of that, since that time. A few years back, you've been streaming multiple playthroughs through these games. So you've gotten lots of different perspectives on lots of different decision making and all of that. So you're one of the people I know that is the most versed and informed about this game that that I've ever met. So and yet and yet. I still consistently learn far more about this game series and the lore from the community because as much time as I put into this game series and as obsessed unhealthily perhaps as it is <laughs> as I am, uh, I am not smarter than the collective intelligence of the entire Mass Effect fandom. Yeah, so, yeah, right. I that would be impossible. Be. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's been fun for me. So from my perspective, I've learned a ton from you and a ton from doing the show. I dived into these games years ago, uh, shortly after the first game came out. I remember, I think I also picked it up in the bargain bin. My wife was pregnant at the time, and this was my game that we would play in the evenings while we would cuddle up in the bedroom. I played it on the bedroom TV, like on my Xbox or whatever, and got through Mass Effect 1 while she fell asleep next to me and was pregnant. It gives me these warm, fuzzy memories of that stuff. And then picked up the second game. And then if you go back and listen to episode one, you know that I had held off on doing Mass Effect 3. There was a lot of uh, word in the, I don't know, in the, the internet sphere about how people were upset about the ending and all of that. And I just didn't get into it. And then 
all of a sudden there was this announcement that they were doing legendary editions. They were updating the games. And I was like, okay, well, let's do uh, you. You wanted to do this podcast. And I'm like, well, that's a great opportunity for me to jump back into the series, get into the third game, check out all the stuff that I, I had totally missed. And then since then have gotten a lot of uh, information that otherwise wouldn't have known other than doing the show with you. So thanks for bringing me along for the for the ride with that side of it. And, and you know what, like, thank you for taking a chance on me because I had never done a podcast before, <laughs> right, right? Right. I had never done a podcast and you know, you knew that in my day job, I was a journalist. And so I think maybe you had some level of like, oh, I can trust him to be, you know what it was, Mike, you know what it was, you signed up as a patron for some of my other shows. And so if you, if this is the first time you're hearing us talk about ourselves, I run the robots radio network. I do multiple lore shows about different topics like fallout and Star field and Lord of the Rings and I've done a number of different series and we have a bunch of different shows on the network one of the things that we do on this show is our patrons can sign up at a tier where they get to join us once a month and talk about things and be on the show with us well you had signed up on cyberpunk I believe it was the cyberpunk mm, it was it was Elder Scrolls Elder Scrolls was that didn't you do both? Did you both? Am I misremembering? I may have I may have been on a cyberpunk lorecast episode. I think so. I think I was. Okay. Yeah. When you were doing the show with Logan. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you signed up on Elder Scrolls and then also Cyberpunk. And I think it was on the Cyberpunk one one time where you mentioned, Hey, I'm thinking about doing a Mass Effect lore show. And I was like, That sounds really cool. Like instead of you signing up and joining the network, what if we just did it together? And you're like, yeah, that sounds great. So since then, you've been the lore expert. I've been the production guy and host and we get together and we do these shows. So that's a quick little background on everything has gone over the last few years. The show has been super fun. We've got lots of people listening. So thank you for tuning in and all of that. But that's the Tom and Sam lore. That's, that's the Tom and Sam is. lore. Yeah. Yeah. And welcome to everybody on our chat. Just one more thing to mention. We record these most of the time at 5 p.m. Eastern on Fridays, but sometimes we do it later on Fridays and later on in the evening in order to make sure that all of our patrons can join us for the patron chats, which, by the way, we're doing next week. So if you'd like to sign up Elder Scrolls Lorecast on Spotify, you can sign up and join us next week. Anyway, so where do we start with looking back at the first episode? I I got to say before we move on, I love the Elder Scrolls Lorecast even now, but it's, <laughs> well, still, thanks. it's thanks. still one of my favorites that I listen to on long drives. But we're going to start by revisiting our episode one, right? Because we had a lot of takes about is Shepard alive? That was the central question that we wanted to cover in the first episode because you had brought it up to me. You know what? This is going to be the top question on everyone's minds as we move forward with the series because it was such a cliffhanger ending. Yeah, and it still and is. People are still debating it because we've haven't gotten any more definitive information in years that's that's <laughs> absolutely right um so i do want to talk about um the basically the uh the teaser that we just viewed, right? A lot of it is visual, not much is audio. So if you're not watching this on YouTube, if you're not here in the Twitch stream and you're and you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple, whatever, after the fact, you may have missed a lot of it. But I want to I want to talk about does this in seven armor appearance like, you know, the little helmet plate, I believe it's a helmet plate from the earpiece, maybe. Does it actually mean that Shepard is coming back? But first, I want to go back to talk about what we were talking about way back when in March 2021 when we were dissecting this. All right. So we're going back to this clip. This comes from the original recording of of the podcast. So here we go. Yeah, right. There it is on screen. So the N7 plate 
is so on the nose to me. Um, how often have we seen in seven armor that is not associated with Commander Shepard? I mean, as awesome as James is, I don't, I, I doubt the next one is going to be all about James. Um, so, and the other in seven character, of course, in the series uh, that was so prominently displayed was the Pathfinder's father. Um, so you don't think it's either all, of them? I think, no, no, clearly not. I don't think so, because the Pathfinder's father was, of course, in Andromeda. Um, and he, spoiler alerts, uh, <laughs> if you have not played Andromeda, you might not want to listen to this, but the Pathfinder's father, uh, of course, perished in the very beginning of that game. Right. So I don't think it's the Pathfinder. I don't think it's James Vega. Interesting. Yeah, and it's clearly broken. So it looks like they're finding the remains of something that was destroyed. Man, we look, we're like babies. <laughs> I'm wearing a hat. I used to wear my robot hat all the time. I don't have glasses. Uh, oh, man. I'm wearing glasses now. Yeah. <laughs> we're both wearing glasses. We weren't wearing glasses, and now we are wearing glasses. Right, right. Um, all right. So, <laughs> and I also have soundproofing up now. Yeah, right. Soundproofing, a better mic, it makes a huge difference. All right. So, okay. So, what are your thoughts on this? Okay. So, I actually think that this one kind of aged well uh, because. We really do not see the in seven designation physically. We do not see it. That doesn't mean that there aren't other in sevens. Kai Lang was an in seven dropout, I believe. Anderson was an in seven. Shepard was an in seven. Alec Ryder was an in seven. James becomes an in seven. There are other in sevens besides Shepard. But in terms of the physical symbol that we see, in the series, we do not see it very often, and when we do, it is almost always a reference to either Shepard or, briefly, Alec Ryder. And so I think the inclusion of the N7 symbol was a powerful one for them to include in the teaser. But what does it mean about the possibility of Shepard's return? I think that now, now, I think that that is as good as anyone's guess. In fact, I think it might correlate with the very final text screen that we see on that teaser, which is Mass Effect will continue. Yeah, but we still don't have any real confirmation. No, and that's going to be a continuous theme when we're revisiting a lot of these pieces of evidence that uh, we dug up, you know, from episode one uh, and from that initial teaser trailer. That's going to be a continuous theme that we're going to couch all of these things with you know, we don't know because it has been three years. And I think back then, if you were were to have asked us, what will we know by 2024? Mm -hmm. Both of us would say we'd probably know a release date. Oh, yeah, we probably know. We probably have another uh, teaser trailer that gives us more details rather than just the, the little little teaser trailers we get every every year on N7 Day. Right. But other than that, we probably would have had something a little bit more confirming and even potentially a you know, coming 2025 or something like that, even just a year. But we don't have any of that. Right. We also wouldn't have predicted that COVID would still be like a considerable issue. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that I don't take longer than I, think I don't think that want. we have a career as oracles, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I just don't. I think maybe, you know, if we guess enough times, we'll be like monkeys flinging poop at the wall. Eventually, some of it will stick. Yeah. A bunch so, of them with typewriters, eventually writing Shakespeare, all of that stuff. Right. I like the poop analogy poop, better. Poop is pretty good. Um, <laughs> poop analogies are always the best analogies. Uh, somebody's going to quote me on that. That becomes that's going to 
to become a t-shirt. Um, there we go. That's going in the episode 200 special about looking back <laughs> now. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So which, which clip do we want to move to next? So let's let's go to the next clip that we have in the show notes right here, which is that, you know, we were discussing at this time in the original episode, does the next game have to canonize an ending to Mass Effect 3? And here's a little bit of what we said. Here's what I would expect if I was the person if I was if I was in charge of this, the writing team and I was like, okay, this is where we're going. Destroy ending legit. This is the teaser. Are whether Shepard is alive or not, I would expect that we do not play as Shepard. I would expect that and I would we, agree with that. That we play as another character who is going to tell their story over the next trilogy or whatever. Um, and there's a continuation of the crew, the people that are involved in this, and you are somebody, um, someone mentioned in chat, maybe uh, Daydream, uh, daydreamer nick in chat you know like i don't know if it way i'm looking back through i'm missing stuff um somebody in chat mentioned it a little while ago there's a lot of stuff going on in chat that uh you know what if it's what if shepherd's kids what if what if you're Leora taking care of shepherd's kid and bringing him to go you know find the their father or the body of their father in order to put the rest or you know something like that and maybe you play as his child maybe um i think it would be interesting if you're just somebody else because in mass effect one you're just somebody right right like you yeah. pick a little bit of and details about your background you end up becoming an important person you've got to climb your way up you've got to make these decisions and prove yourself to a lot of people who don't think a human can be as important as you are right like i think i think i'm still of the same mindset on that i don't think i've changed my opinion on that specifically and this is why I chose this one, because I think that this one, you actually, this one aged like fine wine, I ooh, think. Ooh, um, right. With the that. small exception that I do not think that we will play as Shepherd's Kids, uh, just because I, everything that's come out since then, I just don't think we will. But I do think that you are like spot on with like, you know, we don't have to play as Shepherd just for Shepherd to be around. Right. Yes. In fact, that might be even more interesting because it gives us a new story to craft for ourselves, which is part of the fun of role playing a game. And, and, and it's fundamental, fundamental, I almost said fundamental. fundamental to the series. As I said in this clip a few years ago, you pick your background, you make your decisions, and then the story plays out the way you decide to be your character. If that is hard coded in very specific decisions and very specific endings and who your shepherd already was, you don't have the opportunity to redo that. It's it's the same character moving forward. So, yeah, I think I still hold to that perspective and maybe it's more of a this is what I would hope and less of a there's any evidence for it because I still don't think there's really any evidence for that one way or the other. I mean, yeah, talk about evidence of what we are definitely going to see in the next Mass Effect game. Uh, if you want to do that, then spend as much time as your little heart desires on YouTube, uh, because there are a lot of people who promise to know the answer. Uh, yeah, there are a few people who do. <laughs> right, right. Um, why don't we do one more? Because we've got we've got a few more clips and then we've got conclusions. Uh, but we have to take our mid break in, in a minute. Why don't we do one more? How do you feel about sure, another yeah. clip before our yeah. mid break? So let's revisit when we were talking about 
uh, I think this was immediately preceding when you had mentioned your comment. I was talking about what would Shepard's survival even mean for the next Mass Effect? You know, what does that mean for canon? Uh, and we can listen to what I had to say back then. So maybe he's not alive. Maybe he's not alive. And to break the fourth wall, and in fact, to shatter it, <laughs> Shepard's survival canonizes one of the endings as a company bioware and ea have taken great enormous steps not to step on any player's toes in external media that they have produced for the game like actively including masculine and feminine paragon and renegations of shepherd in in tweets in facebook posts in youtube videos in promotional art everything they have taken great steps not to decanonize anyone's experience because if you're a company producing an RPG, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to make someone feel like their choices were less than optimal? Right. In fact, Andromeda's entire setting is evidence of being inclusive to everyone's shepherd because it made shepherd irrelevant. Right. They didn't need to deal with that issue. They could talk about other things. Right. Yeah. And so... Shepard's survival just would, you know, it would decanonize the control and synthesis endings to Mass Effect 3. And that's two of the three, I'm sorry, two of the four options. There's a fourth option um, where you can reject the catalyst's options and say, no, we can win this war conventionally. Spoiler alert, it doesn't end well. <laughs> it mm-hmm. doesn't. You lose. Um, and there's a beacon that Liara leaves for the future. But so would... Shepard's survival would decanonize half the possible endings and maybe half of the entire fan base. So for business decisions of bringing Mm -hmm. the maximum amount of fans to the series versus alienating some from the original trilogy, the trilogy which gained Mass Effect's cult following, that wouldn't be good for canon storytelling. Then, So uh, at the time you made this argument, I thought it was a good argument. Do you still hold by this? I do. And I think, in fact, it's an even better argument now, because how many in seven days have we had and how many endings have been canonized or decanonized? Yeah, none. Like it's yeah, (laughs) they're like, here's Mass Effect stuff on a screen moving around. That's what we get. It's seemingly for the last few years. Right. And in fact, right now, Raiden CN says in chat, I I think the biggest problem with the franchise right now is they are afraid of the canon. There are stories that can't be told right now. The comics stop at Mass Effect 2. And that's sad. Well, the comics, first of all, Raiden, were meant as a bridge, somewhat of a bridge because they were released kind of as companions to the game. But second of all, I I agree that um, this presents a challenge. A natural challenge to any kind of writing staff um and i i feel like my argument back then in 2021 is is kind of solidified now um you know it's it's uh two months away from being three years old and yet what more concrete information do we know you know what i mean like in order to even say whether or not one of the endings of mass effect 3 was canon or not canon we need something concrete in order to go on the setting, the signs, the characters. We know very, 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 very little. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I can't add to that. That's 
it's where we're at. And it's just that's the, them's the facts, I guess you could say. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, man, this has been fun looking back at that old video. All right. Let's take a break. We got to go thank our patrons. We'll be back in a minute. Don't go anywhere. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this lorecast is mine. I like the sound of that. All right. Thank you to our patrons for supporting the show and keeping it going for years now. We really do appreciate you. And welcome to our newest patrons, Kim W. and Viking Hammer. And we have to shout out our shepherd tier patrons, Kolkishins, Ed Boy, Kira C., Lieutenant Ticino and William, thank you for being here and supporting the show. Also, one of the things that we do every week is we read out the five star reviews that we get on Apple Podcasts. So if you want to get your words on this show, then leave us a five star review. I will read it out on a future episode. And this one came in in the last week. It's from John Smith with two eyes in Smith from the United States. John Smythe, maybe, uh, who writes this was nice and sh- nice and short, short and sweet favorite podcast this side of the Milky Way. As I've been replaying Mass Effect Legendary Edition again and Andromeda, I've enjoyed learning the lesser known lore and facts from this universe. Short and sweet. Thank you so much, John. And to everyone else who has supported the show through the years, who rates the show on Spotify or whatever podcast you're listening to this on, who shares it with your friends, any of that stuff. Thank you so much for your support and thanks for tuning in. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right, we're back, and we've got one more clip. You got one more clip we, you think we should do? Uh, that's right, And but you know what? While we're on the topic of canonizing and not canonizing things, you know, um, I think it's it's worth mentioning something that I believe I brought up back in... 2021 i think it was during this this episode it was either during this you know episode one or maybe like episode two or three or something because it was top of mind for me back then um it was that i thought you know what would be terrifying this planet that liara's on it looks icy and it kind of looks like alcara where the normandy sr1 went down and that terrified me because I thought, 
what if the N7 plate is just a piece of Shepard's armor from like the first time that Shepard died? Oh, and what if? Okay, and then I thought, okay, mm. if we are to take this teaser as a teaser, that it, that it actually indicates narrative details about the next game, then if both of those things are true. Could it be that the next Mass Effect game is an interquel? And I know a lot of people who who have advocated for prequels, like as in give us a game about the first contact war. That yeah. could work. Oh, okay, we've, we've talked about that before, how that would be really cool to yep. experience. Yeah. Um, yes, I have some asterisks about it, about, you know, like about the whole thing, like, well, we would already know how everything ends. But I also think that it could work. But I also think that a sequel could work. And by sequel, I mean sequel to the original trilogy or sequel to the uh, Andromeda or both. Why not both? Mm -hmm. But what I what my greatest fear, especially now after years of in seven days where we really haven't been given any extra information about setting um, is that an interquel could be in the works. And I don't think that this is quite likely. I, just to preface this for everybody, I don't think that this is quite likely, but I am afraid of it because it would allow them to sidestep the entire uh, challenge that is canonizing an ending and canonizing Shepard's fate. You know what? Why don't we just make it irrelevant? Why don't we just uh, not talk about Shepard at all? Because we're going to put a game in the two years that Shepard's dead. Right. It's the similar concept to what ESO did. Elder Scrolls Online did for the Elder Scrolls series. Every mainline Elder Scrolls game was further along in the timeline and carried forward concepts from the previous games. But that would be difficult to do with the MMO because they were still continuing the main series. So they set Elder Scrolls Online in a completely different age where there is missing information from the, you know, the library about the events of that time and all of that, which gives them a lot of freedom to do their own stuff without really interfering with the rest of the story. So we've seen this happen before. That's my point. Um, I also would be apprehensive about that because... It does solve the problem of canon and it solves the problem of Shepard, but it leaves a big question mark on how do you raise the stakes when the main stakes are the events of the trilogy and the Reapers and all of that stuff. How do you do a side story that doesn't affect the things that we already know happened in that timeline, but still has a big bad and huge stakes and somebody else with a big mission and across the galaxy, you know, like. I don't know how you would write that in in a way that would feel good. And the other thing is like, you know, I'm just tossing out an idea about this being during the two years that Shepard's dead. Uh, My point still stands that if it's an interquel of really any capacity uh, that I don't know where you could go with it, that, that I would also be apprehensive because you then have origins decided, you then have fate decided. What if if it's it's an, an what if it's an RTS and you are the elusive man (laughs) managing your, uh, all of your, your wealth and your troops and your locations on different planets. (laughs) It's a, it's not even, it's not even RPG. It's not even a shooter. It's just an RTS. 
Right. <laughs> and the other thing is it could technically be like a sequel, like a, a sequel as in like it's 800 years from now and right. the events of the original trilogy are lost to time. And and then you are effectively sidestepping the fate of Mass Effect 3 and thereby Shepard yeah. entirely because you're like, no one really knows what happened. The Citadel archives were erased. Oh, my God. How fucking convenient. Yeah. You know, like, it also doesn't like, play to like even the trailer that we rewatched, you know, like with Liara and the N7 emblem on the the piece of wreckage and all of that like th- that That's, stuff wouldn't even make yes. it and people would be like well why did you drop the trailer with that stuff in it this doesn't even connect <laughs> like what the heck and, and that kind of brings us to our next clip which is the you know penultimate point i want to make in this episode zero which is that you know here in March 2021, in this next clip, we are talking about will Shepard be in the next Mass Effect? Where will it be? And I want to revisit this to see how our predictions aged. All right, let's let's go. Let's see how it goes. Or whatever. Um, so, right. And let, let's not yeah. forget that, you know, wheelchair bound, gray haired Shepard. Liar is still going to look the same. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This is like like some elfin man Lord of the Rings stuff going on here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Aragorn gets old, but uh, yeah. Um, Oh, man. I'm I'm very interested in this now. All right. So I think next game likely to be in Milky Way after Mass Effect 3, perhaps in a new setting, a few new planets. Shepard is alive, but is not the player character. Mm hmm. Well, we're going to have to find out what happens. Uh, I would love to hear other people's thoughts on this because, you know, you know, somebody's going to come out there and say, well, what about this thing you guys didn't think about? And we're going to go and our brains are going to explode again. Um, have our brains exploded again yet? Sam? My brains have my brains. <laughs> <laughs> my brains have exploded continuously. No, I, I, I you know what? I think that that's like a fair one. And I would still if I were asked for a prediction today, I think I might give a similar prediction that this will be a sequel to the original trilogy. However, we cannot ignore the fact that in seven days that have happened since then, since we recorded that episode, have continuously included symbolism from Andromeda. Yes, yes. I, I mean, I, I, that is one of the things that we have since this original trailer that can update and change our perspective on it is that it really does feel like whatever the next game is, is going to combine elements of both. Yes. And there were signs of Andromeda and the ones that hearkened back to Andromeda in that initial teaser trailer. But the fact that we have continuously seen symbols of Andromeda in in seven days since then really leads me to the point that they are bringing back images and things that remind us of the entirety of Mass Effect. You know what I mean? So yeah. so it's really hard to zero in about what kind of timing this game will have, what setting it will have. I mean, there's Geth, right? So then that would mean that maybe they're not canonizing the Destroy ending because if this is a sequel and there's somehow Geth around, then either they're not canonizing the Destroy ending or the catalyst was a lying son of a bitch, which <laughs> right. I also think could be the could be the case. I mean, even though that's been pretty soundly defeated as an argument I still kind of clutch on to hope for that um, but that kind of leads me to my ultimate conclusion now which is 
looking back, a lot of our initial conclusions were because of the symbols, the signs and the settings um, that were in that initial teaser trailer. Like look at the icy planet that looks like Alcara or the fact that Mike Gamble confirmed that that was a dead Reaper in the background. Right. And so we, we took that right. And then we took a lot of the logical leaps from there. But if the premise was mistaken or if the premise wasn't even uh, definitive. Yeah, right, right, right. Then then what could we really logically glean? Um, and so I think we overanalyzed those things back then on purpose, right? Because that's kind of our job. That's, I mean, as, that's all we had. Like we were just going with the little bits. I mean, we're given little breadcrumbs. And so you got to make something out of it, right? And it was out of nowhere. Like that teaser came out of nowhere. Like I swear Mass Effect had almost exited the vernacular entirely. And then that teaser came out in December, 2020. And it was like, whoa, you know what I mean? It felt imminent. It felt very yeah. like, yeah. you know, this is happening, right? And so, yeah, there was no reason to suggest that we couldn't trust Bioware as its own narrator. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and and now, now, I think since that teaser has come out, three years have passed, in seven days have come out, we've gotten more material that we have been promised contains hidden clues and hidden meanings, right? And I think we are feeling a little bit of cryptic fatigue uh, where clearly that teaser that came out back in 2020, it wasn't the game wasn't even in pre-production at the time that released. Right, right. And we go over this on the last N7 day episode we did with the last reveal and the teasers and all of that. But yeah, there's definitely a feeling of like, all right, you're stringing us along, but. Is the is this actually happening? Is it is it real? right? It, it is 2024 now, and the latest that we know is that a small core team of of developers is working on Mass Effect, but that some of them are likely also working on Dragon Age Dreadwolf, which still hasn't released. So, what are we to make of the video that came out in 2020? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and. Uh, I just, you know, looking back, I doubt that it warranted such scouring with a fine tooth comb, but I also don't blame us because we were excited, right? Just like any other fan was. Um, And it, again, it seemed imminent. So, so now we are learning that those symbols in the teaser could have meant nothing at all. Uh, We've been given (laughs) no clear answer on why there was a dead reaper in the teaser. Right. Yeah. We just don't know. We just don't know. But I guess, I mean, this all comes down to is Shepard alive? I mean, that's still the question. Right. You know what? I, um, I just don't know. Uh, and we, we see continued inclusion of that Andromeda symbolism, which would heavily imply no, right? But who's to say that this game doesn't have two settings simultaneously? Or does something to bridge the time gap? I mean, that's the hardest thing, right? Like, how do you move into the future of Andromeda and think that a human would still be alive somehow? That's that's and also the distance with that, the distance and the time. Right. So like if and we've we've speculated this about this before, if there's some way of creating, you know, mass relays that also bridge time and space that I mean, that's mind blowing. How do you work that into the narrative in a way that doesn't destroy everything? But you would have to make certain types of jumps depending on how you choose the setting for future games in order to say that Shepard's even still able to be alive. Right. There's, I don't know. It just right. makes it really messy. Right. 
Right. If there was a mega mass relay that somehow projected people directly into the Andromeda galaxy, or what if dark energy time manipulation was an element in the next mass effect? And these are wild ideas and they're wild speculation. But the fact that no one can disprove them yeah. is kind of my right. point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. We know even less now than we did three years ago. You know, more than three years have passed and we still haven't seen anything more definitive from in seven days. So my conclusion is that looking back at episode one, I, I don't know if it's fair to extrapolate anything concrete from that teaser that again came out in December 2020. You know, I, I took that video at the time somewhat as the gospel. Uh, and now years have passed and we have only been given more questions than answers. But we do know definitively that Bioware now has far fewer staff than they previously did, probably when that video came out. Uh, and we do know that they are still working on Dragon Age Dreadwolf, which a lot of optimistic fans hoped to see something concrete about at the Video Game Awards. And unless I was sleeping under a rock, that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like development has really slowed down for them. And it did for a lot of companies during the pandemic. But I, yeah, we, we were also I mean, I like the Dragon Age games, too. And on a personal level, it would be really cool to know like, oh, Dreadwolf is coming. We get another trailer. Maybe it's coming out this fall. But that didn't happen. And they have not geared up marketing for that, which means that if this has to follow that, then Mass Effect is still way further out than we would hope. Right, right. You know, um, there was uh, there, there is, I believe, summer 2024. Yeah, Day actually just said it here in chat that there will be an official reveal yeah. for Dreadwolf. Yeah. So, so unless they're going to official... do like a Bethesda thing where they're like, oh, reveal something in the summer and then drop it in like fall or early winter. Uh, but EA usually doesn't work like that if, as far as I know. Normally they market a game no. a good year in advance and they build it up over time. Yeah, unless this is a Fallout 4 situation that I think you were referencing, because I remember when that was announced yeah. and I was like, oh, my God, it's coming out like two months from now. Yeah, but that's just done that um, with Fallout 4 and 76 and uh, a number of other games. It's actually not. Yes, that has that. That's yeah. what they do. Yeah. I mean, we could be surprised. Maybe that will happen. Um, I, you know, historically, it hasn't. Uh, and I would be surprised if they did do that. Um, but, you know, the fact that we have a a release date for when we will learn the release date is kind of it speaks for itself right is anyone else laughing at this like i mean come yeah, on yeah well I, th I think it you know to kind of draw this to a conclusion it it shows how game development has just exploded like the number of people it takes to make these games the number of input the ability to project timelines has become very difficult across the board for every AAA developer everyone struggles with it because there's just so much more that goes into games now and there, there was the big jump to HD games you know a few console generations ago and I remember learning about how their graphics teams like doubled and tripled in size because of all the assets they needed to make and all of that. And so you might be thinking, well, you know, they could churn out these games very relatively quickly back when they did the original trilogy. But game making takes way more asset creation, way more planning and just so much more work than it used to. And the stakes are higher if they come out with something at the same quality level as a Mass Effect one. Everyone's going to be like, what the crap is this? 
because expectations are so much higher. Oh, right. They are. They're they're much, much, much higher. When's the last time you played a triple A game that came out uh, within the past three years and the totality of its single player experience was about 45 hours? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different thing. And then on top of it, Baldur's Gate three has come out and completely blown away people's expectations for what you can do with character and story throughout the the game of like an RPG. Um, If if they don't learn from the things that have been mistakes, the uh, the launch of cyberpunk or the things that people are complaining about with Starfield right now or the things that aren't mistakes, the things that. Baldur's Gate 3 has done well or the uh, cyberpunk team has done in order to make that game better over the last few years. If they don't take that in and incorporate that, then this is going to be a game that some people are going to be very disappointed with. Um, I'm hoping they do and I hope they have the manpower to do that. But again, we're just in the dark with so much of this. We are, you know, um, and so I, I don't I don't know what will what will happen, what will come. But what I do know is that I have been conditioned over the past few years with releases from in seven day and specifically this December 2020 teaser. I've been conditioned not to look too much into anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a good idea. It's just like mitigate your own expectations and hopefully we get some stuff and we can be excited about it sometimes. Right. Yeah. You know, at, at best it is. Um, self-justification from creative types trying to <laughs> prove, hey, we're working, uh, not to us, right, right. not to us necessarily, but to their superiors. I mean, in seven days at Community Day, too, right? So maybe they do feel an obligation in that regard. Um, but at, And at worst, it's a marketing ploy. Right, right. All right. Well, man, this has been a fun look back and, and still a little bit... Uh, just like, oh, I wish I wish we had more to go on, you know, just about a personal level, not just talking about the facts, but just like, oh, it'd be so nice if we just had something else, you know, people listening to these two episodes, episode zero, this one and episode one are going to like look at episode one and be like, wow, they were so jubilant. They're so <laughs> they were so excited about things that never happened. <laughs> yeah. Right. Fools. Absolute <laughs> fools. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. And maybe that's how we'll feel looking back at this episode three years from now. I don't know. I, at this point, I'm convinced that in my life, I am an idiot and it takes me a few years to realize. <laughs> I think that's true. I think anyone who's honest with themselves has to say, oh, yeah, looking back at past me, what a dummy. <laughs> but that's I mean, you can only say that because you've learned and move forward. Right. You know, that, right. that just and shows growth and progress. Not not even like, you know, me looking back at me from three years ago and being like, that guy is an idiot. No, <laughs> I'm an idiot. And it just takes a few years to realize. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, humility. All right, man. Well, this has been fun. I hope you've enjoyed us looking back at this and at least seeing it through different eyes a few years later. And I hope you uh, decide to check out the rest of the show. There's all sorts of really cool lore about things. And most of the episodes are about facts from the game. So there's a lot of stuff that doesn't need updating uh, three years later. So if you're tuning yeah, in. And that's that is that that is absolutely I wanted to touch on that. If you have started listening to this show and somehow you are st- still listening right now, uh, let's say episode zero is somehow your first episode you're listening to, be sure that the majority, the vast majority of this show is all retrospective. It's about the lore that we definitely do know. You will not hear very much I don't know in the rest of the episodes. Right, right. Plus a little bit of speculation, but... 
we, we try to stick to the stuff we do know and then use that to speculate some of the other things. But yeah. So thanks for joining us. Uh, Sam, you have anything else you want to share before we head out? Yeah, I'm streaming to Twitch. I'm no longer using the name Kung Fu Kangaroo as a reminder. Uh, so you can find me on uh, Twitch at In7TheLegend. Same with Twitter. Uh, and I'm continuing to stream my personal canon playthrough, uh, which I am in the middle of Mass Effect 2 right now. Awesome. And if you are into any other lore types of topics for other games that you enjoy, go to robotsradio.net or look up some of the other shows that I do. Things like the Starfield Lorecast, the Fallout Lorecast, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, or the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, and lots of other content out there from other creators as well. So you might as well just go check out robotsradio.net, take a look at all the different things that are available, and you might find some other content that you would be really into. Uh, we're happy you've decided to join us. And those of you who have stuck around for the last few years, thank you so much for being here with us. We'll be back next week with our patrons. So you've got time still to sign up if you want to join us in that chat. And of course, all the patrons jump onto the Robots Radio Discord and discuss topics and possibilities. We usually take a vote and we go with whatever is the popular topic that week. So thanks for being here. Stay safe out in that crazy universe and let us know if you see any signs of a uh, shepherd going around. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.